So I'm talking to Tracy Sartorius, underwriting manager and the EPL product lead at Argo Group. So Tracy, as underwriting manager and EPL product lead at Argo Group, what do you do? I am based on the New York team and I underwrite DNO, EPL, fiduciary and crime for both public and private companies. As the EPL product lead though, I help develop our strategy, provide training, and I'm also a resource for underwriting some of our more complex risks. Great. So so EPL covers its insurance that covers wrongful acts from from employment, right? And that, that could be wrongful termination, sexual harassment, discrimination. But I imagine that during the time of COVID-19, there's some additional challenges facing employers. Is is that correct? And if so, what are they? Sure. So you hit on a lot of the main exposures with regards to employment practices, meaning sexual harassment or disability compliance. And really, COVID-19 creates a lot of new challenges in the same vein. So previously, a safe environment in an office, you know, included perhaps just daily cleaning, but now it might include physical distancing. When you're working from home, um, making sure that employees have resources available for any disabilities that they have and making sure that employees are engaging with managers and that no one is being inappropriate now that they're more, you know, they're home and now in a more casual environment. Right. What is, what's the first thing you think an employer should do during this time to lower their EPL risks or exposures? Well, it really depends on the company and exactly what they do, right? But I would say that the main thing is always to focus on employee safety. So making sure facilities allow for best practices if employees do need to go into work. You know, as you mentioned, that might include social distancing procedures or providing protective masks and gloves. And sometimes it's just getting back to basics with encouraging employees to wash their hands, right? Mm -hmm. We always knew this was important in cold and flu season, but with the pandemic, now it's important in June. Yeah. How how, how do insurance carriers and brokers help policyholders work through these issues? So I say the most helpful thing that a broker could do is to remind their insured to utilize outside counsel because we're all moving very quickly. And previously, if there was something like a layoff or a RIF, you might have plenty of time to prepare. But now in COVID-19, when some companies are facing unprecedented challenges, they may need to move quickly and engaging counsel can make sure that they don't miss any steps along the way. Okay. I'd actually say, you know, another thing to encourage insureds to do is to a lot of insurance carriers provide complimentary resources to their EPL policy. Argo, for example, has mm-hmm. a Jackson Lewis hotline. So insureds could call the hotline and see if they do need to take next steps with counsel, whether internal or external, and seek advice that way. Great. Okay, so following up on that in terms of advice, right? So the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has guidelines for how employees, for how employers can talk to employees about their health status. So are there any takeaways for employers who are wondering what they can and can't ask employees and what they can and can't require during the coronavirus pandemic? Certainly. And quite frankly, it's a very fine line between what an employer can and cannot require of employees. For example, an employer is prohibited from asking an employee if he or she has a medical condition that would make them especially vulnerable to influenza or coronavirus complications per the CDC. 
This is because a weak or compromised immune system can be closely associated with, you know, HIV or AIDS or cancer. The way to work around this is employers may ask about specific symptoms, such as fever. They could also phrase the question in conjunction with a non-health issue, such as, would you like to request to work from home because of a compromised immune system or for caretaker purposes? Mm -hmm. And then the employee doesn't need to confirm why they are requesting the assistance. Got it. Well, what about prospective employees? Can an employer ask or require anything special of, of them? Well, the procedures really mirror the standard anti-discriminatory practices. So similar to the ban the box rules, employers should not screen job applicants for COVID-19 symptoms until after making a conditional offer of employment. Wow. Okay. Also, the screening process should be consistent for all new hires to ensure that there's no perceived or actual discrimination taking place. Okay. So the, um, the Emergency Families First Coronavirus Response Act that was passed by Congress includes paid sick leave and extended or expanded family and medical leave provisions. Mm-hmm. What should employers pay particular attention to to make sure that they're complying with the act? I would actually point to two things. So first, I would make sure that the employer is correctly calculating their number of employees since it only applies to employers with fewer than 500 employees. So if you are counting certain subsidiaries or joint ventures to get yourself over the 500 mark, you want to be careful to make sure that you're calculating it correctly. Okay. The second thing that I would recommend is to remind managers of the anti-retaliatory protections under the new law. You know, employers may not retaliate or terminate employees who take leave under the PSLA. And while it's hard to imagine that any company would purposely do this, retaliation is still currently the most frequently filed discrimination charge of the EEOC. It's included in over 50% of all claims. And a few EPL law firms that I've spoken with expect this to have an uptick with employees who have been either sick or requested leave under this law. Is there any sort of gray area as we are two or three months into the coronavirus pandemic? Is there anything that has forced carriers or employers to think about that you maybe didn't expect to think about or have to think about? Well, I don't know if it's a gray area per se, but something that has been interesting to me is this may change how we look at requests for employees who want to work from home, whether or not they're requesting reasonable accommodation for a disability. It will continue to be an evolving discussion, even as we exit the pandemic, since employees in different industries, um, they feel that they've proven that they are capable of being efficient and productive while home. Um, But I do want to say that regardless of a pandemic, engaging in an interactive dialogue with your employer for an accommodation request is always a critical step in the process. And if someone doesn't know where to start, often the process is outlined in the employee handbook. That's interesting. So if we're all working from home, are there things that employers are going to have to do to make sure that remote working is running smoothly? Some companies are offering training to managers right now to help keep an open dialogue with employees. And this is important, not only for mental health, but team morale. Mm -hmm. You also want to make sure that employees are maintaining a professional work environment for their employees. You know, as we are home for longer and longer, we become more casual and this might 
lead to more casual emails or phone calls or instant messaging. And quite frankly, you might even see issues with inappropriate Zoom conferencing or other video chats. Mm. You know, there, there are already some claims in the door regarding the manager in the bathroom issue or people just forgetting what it's like to be on camera in a professional setting. That's really interesting. So then mm -hmm. let's say that, <laughs> let's say that based on that, we don't all work from home forever. And, you know, in companies start encouraging employees to, to come back to the workplace. Is there anything that companies have to do or employers have to do before they allow employees to return to the workplace? And then once they're back in the workplace? Well, this is actually another area where there could be a gray issue because currently right now the law states that employers could require employees to have a doctor's note to return back to work. However, some speculate that this will be particularly difficult in this pandemic because there have been a lot of issues with resources and accessibility to both testing and actually getting to the doctor's office. Last question, I'm, I'm curious, how is Argo uh, accommodating its employees around the world during the pandemic? Argo is doing a great job of keeping an open dialogue with employees. We have very frequent town hall meetings across the nation, and also managers are encouraged to keep open dialogues. I know that my manager checks in daily and sometimes has a more formal meeting with me on a weekly basis, and that's been great. I know that I can always contact HR or my manager with any questions I have. They actually just sent out an email with an update on when we might return back to the office. I'm in New York City, which as you know, is likely the hardest hit right now in trying to return to normal life. So they've done a great job of communicating with us and making sure that we have everything that we need. That's great. And I, I hope that very soon, we all have the opportunity to decide whether we're gonna be working from home or back in the office, because I don't know about you, but I miss that personal interaction that makes, uh, makes me more productive as, as much as anything else. Well, listen, stay safe. Thank you for taking time to, to talk. Thank you.